Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. The name of the program, of course, is Cheap Heat. I am in New York where it was a a beautiful 80 degree day. They're expecting that all weekend long. So the Rosenberg birthday celebrations will all have reportedly gorgeous weather. However, apparently in Philadelphia, it is a different world altogether. Um, we are joined by the physically quite large stack guy, Greg, wearing a tank top that says South Beach SGG. It must be at least 96, 97 degrees down there in Philadelphia today. Listen, P, I know your days as a Husky dude are long behind you, but 80 degree weather just hits different when you're a Husky dude. You need a sweat rag. You need to make sure that you're wearing as little as possible while also being covered up, which is a trickier balance to maintain than you might think. Listen, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm doing what I need to do for me. P. Now, have you always have you always had to carry around um, a rag once it breaks 80 degrees or is that over the last several years a new development? Well, over the last several years, it's definitely been a new development. It has. In my younger days, I was a skinny dude. So even though the heat affected me as much, the the sweating profusely issue is is a, the active sweat glands, I should say. What is, uh, a, is a new development? And and w- real quick, when you met Crystal, would you say you were in the era of needing to carry a towel in your pocket, or it was pre towel in the pocket? This was definite. I was definitely towel in the pocket era. Okay, I good. Feel like once I crossed the two hundred pound pound mark it was towel in the pocket era so even though i felt i felt like a st- i was still a slim dude at heart it was it was time those days were behind me now sg the wedding is closing in unless god forbid there's some sort of other uh, pandemic a breakout or we see things get worse again don't you don't you put that evil don't you put that evil out there p but i said god forbid put- that's the most i can do i can't pretend that we're operating in a world that where there is no <laughs> pandemic um that would put us at around oh, September, October, four and a half months away. Has right. any sort of um, food regimen, um, exercise plan, or anything of the like kicked into effect to get you ready for the wedding? I've been doing cardio. You know, you see the medals behind me. I've, I've been running five days. I do not think I've those are in. cardio medals, but continue. I've added it. Those are those. These are five K medals. I even did a virtual one. I got one medal here all the way from from a uh, lovely Hawaii. But um, I joined Planet Fitness. So I've, okay. I've added in okay. workout regiment, some some circuit training. Um, you know, mm. so you know you might see, might see a different SGG come come November. How far into the, how long have you been doing this uh, workout regimen? It's very impressive. Probably about three weeks. Oh wow! This is so. This is new information. So who knows? By the time you get to the wedding day, you may not even be a towel in the in the pocket kind of guy. No, I feel like I'm always going to be a towel in the pocket guy. It's just it just makes good sense. It just makes good sense because it does beg the question: Are you planning on wearing a full? Are you wearing like a full outfit to your wedding? Because I know you guys are getting married in a tropical location. But um, the wedding without the time of the wedding, it should be getting darker, a little bit cooler. So I'm gonna rock a full suit and because it'll be oh, wow. close to nightfall we oh, should be, wow should be good to go should but yeah 
Should. I think I'm going to always be a towel in the towel in the pocket dude. Well, that, we that, look that forward we look forward to the towel and the tuxedo at that wedding. That is going to be <laughs> a special look. Dipperstein apparently has company. He's looking around his his house. He's his lavish estate. He's laughing. He's also Funny, from I, um, Philadelphia. Brian Dipperstein. I've been carrying a towel ever since I crossed the 140 mark. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, once I hit 140. I was sweating profusely, just going and going with the sweat. Dip, dip nose. Yeah, once you're five, once you're what five six one forty, that's a that's a lot of weight to be carrying. I mean, there, I can't even look at the at the sun. I'm I'm just profusely sweating. So There's beams of sweat, even at the the sight of of a sunny day. So there is. Um, dip gets it. Dip gets it. This was that's a right. lot. This was a lot of uh, of of weight talk to start the show, which was very unnecessary because we have a lot, a lot, a lot to cover. Um, I don't even know if we'll have the time to, to argue that I planned on uh, between myself and SGG about the crowds being back because last night the bombs started dropping SGG. Take us through the outside the ring rumors that hit the world yesterday. Two, very big rumors um, hit one to start the day, one that I saw to start the day, and then one that I saw to end the day. The first rumor that I saw was reported um, by Fightful.com, and it was that CM Punk is in talks with AEW and his in-ring return uh, is imminent. Welcome to the shoot, so, Carol, baby. So that set the wrestling world ablaze. And then last night about an hour or two before AEW Dynamite went on the air, Bodyslam.net reported that Daniel Bryan has already signed a deal with AEW. And uh, as further details came out, they they talked about when and where he was going to debut. Wow. But uh, apparently Daniel Bryan is rumored to have already signed a deal with AEW. Wow. I... Whew. Let's all take a second. Let's remember for one moment, if we can, um, which podcast said that there was a possibility that this could happen. And on that same podcast, suggested that if it was to happen, this would finally be a situation in which AEW would have to be viewed as a different level of competition. First of all, let's celebrate the CM Punk news by playing this for the first time ever for the Cheap Heat audience. Hey, everybody. This is WWE champion CM Punk. Straight edge superstar CM Punk. I'm the man. Actually, I'm with the man right now, Peter Rosenberg on Hot 97. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and he, let's, does <laughs> he does a good drop, though. It was a fantastic drop. That was a tremendous drop. Yeah, he does a hell of a drop. As far as the as far as wrestler drops that I have, he's very close to the top. So we obviously don't know if either of these are a hundred percent true. The Daniel Bryan one being reported obviously does sound like it's people somewhat reliable places are saying it in a very assured tone that Daniel Bryan's deal is done. That is, you know, and, and, and at first he was the one that I thought would be least likely to make a change because his his life has so been WWE, his wife, uh, his sister-in-law, you know, he's been over the last several years really just kind of become such a, a built-in sort of part of it. But then when you hear that reportedly he wanted more money, he wanted less work, he wanted the ability to, to work in Japan. He wanted all these different things. And because he has probably no problem retiring, it was probably a very stress-free negotiation for Daniel Bryan where he was able to set the tone and say, this is what I want. If you can't do it, I'll either go to WWE or I'll go home. And Tony Khan is playing with a blank check. And now Daniel Bryan is supposedly in AEW. I'll start off by saying this. I don't know that there's a bigger free agent signing in professional wrestling than Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan is a better signing than Brock Lesnar 
for AEW. I think he's as good a signing as they could possibly make. I think him and Punk are one and one and two. I don't, in whatever order you want. Do you guys think there's anyone who's a bigger potential signing than Daniel Bryan or CM Punk? Well, I do think Brock Lesnar is a bigger potential signing than Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, but for different reasons. I feel like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk would service AEW in a completely different way than Brock Lesnar. So, you know, in terms of being free agent signings, you did name the big three and they are all would be huge for AEW for completely different reasons, which is why, like, you could list them all as sharing the number one spot, honestly. Of big free agent. I, I gotta, I gotta, <clears throat> I gotta tell you, I was, I was thinking about this a lot last night, and what I was going to talk about on this, this in regard to this um, subject matter. I'm sure you. And were. I'm trying to visual. I was trying to visualize both of them in an AEW ring. Go ahead. And I think the CM Punk signing would be a much bigger deal, strangely, than the Daniel Bryan signing. When I think about who Daniel Bryan could face in AEW, Chris Jericho, Moxley, um, you know, uh, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is a big deal, I would say. But besides that, I can't really visualize myself getting excited to see him wrestle anybody else in in the organization. CM Punk, on the other hand. The thing is, we've seen Daniel Bryan wrestle for so long at this point. Like, well, that, that, that's in, my... that's inherently what makes Punk more exciting. We haven't seen yeah, him for he, years. He, yeah, it is. But CM Punk, and you know how I feel about CM Punk. TOS. Oh, no, no. But he... Not a Gorica. He's still, to me, seeing him in the ring with Kenny Omega. Seeing him in the ring in a, in a quote, whatever, death match with John Moxley, seeing him with Barbar, whatever it is, that is more mage to me than Daniel Bryan being in an AEW ring. And the two of them together wrestling is not that exciting to me either. Well, so it's like they've done their, they've done their share for sure. Right, but here's the thing. I will say if the two of them debut together, not as a team, but like at the same time, I, in this, it's this generation's outsiders. Uh, it's it's by the way, it is much bigger than the outsiders. Yeah, I'm it's bigger than the outsiders. Oh my god, they're both yes. such bigger stars than the outsiders were. I mean, the outsiders were mage because of the way it was done, but the truth is, the outsiders they would not. Major Ramon was at the end of the day a mid carter, exactly at the end of the day, he was a big mid carter. Okay, right. and 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 Hogan was the shoe that needed to drop for the outsiders to become Gargantch. You know, that's why they were the and perfect they were the perfect threesome to have because they made Hogan cool, but Hogan made them mage. That they needed each yeah, other. And and I'll add too, the outsiders had the benefit of like it would only be equivalent to the outsiders if we weren't having this conversation right now. We're expecting them to pop up, so it can't hit the way Scott Hall showing up hit. True. Considering the last time we saw him was on WWE television, and then he's like, "You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here," insinuating that this was a WWE invasion. They would they're never going to do that. Yeah. Well, listen. We let's just say this right now. It this will never be done as cool as the outsiders were done. That's never happening again. Right. That day has gone. No. There's no era in which that it can even happen, happen anymore. Again. So that that's out the window. But you know, it's also it's also interesting. Here's the here's the question. What do you think? I think the bigger moment, and um, and we'll get to me being a shill this week in a, in a moment, but in, in keeping with the theme that Twitter had with me of that I am a WWE shill, I'll say this too. Punk returning to WWE is the bigger pop for me than him showing up in AEW. Absolutely. No yeah. question about that. The, the, the idea of him and Vince McMahon burying the hatchet, the whole thing, and him coming out, that to me is the bigger deal. And that is, and by the way, you know, getting to, although maybe, you know, actually I take it back. I don't take that statement back, but I was about to say coming back with his music, et cetera, but AEW could also pay to license cult of personality. So maybe he will come out with what had been his recent music, but it's just, 
that to me would have been the ultimate story is him coming back to WWE. Um, and maybe and maybe it's still not too late for that because we don't know that CM Punk's deal is done. I wonder what extent WWE would be willing to go to try to get CM Punk or if he was down the road with AEW, they would say, it's all right, good luck, see you later. I got to tell you, they, besides Roman Reigns, as we know, they would, it, it's a, he's a, it, CM Punk would be a much needed star power for them right now. Agreed. Yeah, I think w, I think WWE though, in terms of CM Punk is just one generation away for where it feels like they're going to be clamoring for him, if that, that makes sense, right? Because they when they reach for the nostalgia, you know, you see Edge and Cena, and CM Punk is just of that next generation. He's still a little bit younger than Edge, Cena. I think he's even younger than AJ Styles. So, I feel like WWE right now, even though they should make a serious play for him, he's just one generation off from where like that desperation sets in and they want that nostalgia and they need. So you mean he, you're saying he could, he mean he could have a two year run at AEW and they could still get him. Yeah. And and uh. I think like after a two year run in AEW, I don't think it would waste his WWE potential because even if he goes anywhere else, that return pop would be, would be made. You, we saw it with Kurt Angle. He had a full career in TNA Booker T, like the WWE comeback is just a different thing. Let's just say, especially with the way he left. Let's just say this though. As I said on the podcast a couple of months ago, and I'll reiterate it now that it's a possibility. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, if they both sign to AEW, we can end the conversation, which was always a false narrative because they have endless money, but we can end the conversation of AEW being the little engine that could. They they right. they become a <laughs> right. they are a real, clear and present danger, and would need to be treated as such. Now, on the flip side of that coin, they would also start facing pressure of now that you have guys like this. Let's see if you can really rate. Let's see if you can yeah, really yeah. not compete with NXT, but beat Raw numbers, with beat Monday SmackDown Night numbers, Raw and but 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 and go to the football stadiums. But and, I would like to say. Yeah. That if they handle their business right, and they have those guys, they should be able to absolutely compete. Yeah, and and that's the thing, though, right? That's the key part, handling their business right. Because at the end of the day, too, you know, Vince is battle-tested from the 80s. From Turner, you know, Jim Crockett promotions to like raid in the indies as they said and all of that like vince is battle tested so it's not and and you know triple h right behind him is also battle tested so it's not gonna be an easy feat for them like once they well the, the only pro- the only hard part sug will be and the only major test will be when wwe decides that it's a battle right <laughs> right they, they need they need because to, to me if those contracts get signed you better decide it's a battle you better you better start seeing it as it's time yeah. to go, because I, I it, it would be a mistake decides, not it's to. It's a real battle too, because if you remember too, when um there was one pay per view that WWE decided they were going to put an evolve show head to head against AEW, and you know there was some uproar on the internet and blah, blah blah. There will be none of that. Like if they get Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan, there will be no like this is a real battle, and you just got to expect them to go head to head and put all their chips on the table and really go at it. No coddling of anyone, no excuses. Like it's going to be a real battle. That that's what the hope would be. That's what the hope would be. Cause if you don't, and they have that level of talent and that level of money and a leader in Tony Khan, who, you know, dip and I were talking about this last night on the phone, who essentially, obviously his dream in life is to be Vince McMahon and he's got the checkbook to do it. And now he's got the <laughs> <Yeah>. roster <laughs> and now he's got the roster to do it. So, this would be a really serious wake-up call. AEW still has a way to go in terms of producing television that looks as good as WWE television, but in terms of talent, really smart wrestling minds in that building, they have every piece that you basically need to compete with WWE. So, and and I'll say this as well too, just to just to cap this off, then they'll be really in the position of what you know, fans were talking about when AEW was just an idea about how like competition is good for wrestling and it'll make everybody step it up. If they get those pieces, then they are both companies are going to have to be operating at their A game and both companies 
could be at the level where whatever they're doing is must see Monday, that's the Wednesday and Friday. That's the headline SGG. I think you hit it right on the head. You know, it's, it's once they start creeping up in a real way, you're going to get the best of the best out of WWE. And that's really all we want. Well, that's the, that's the hopeful headline. The hope, the, the hopeful the headline is that if they yeah, sign, we get the best. We get a we get a Monday Night Wars again, and it's the best, most entertaining thing we've seen in twenty years. That's what we hope for. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, history history shows that that'll that'll be what it is, right? Because I mean, well, history shows it. History shows got, it once. Well, no, in the eighties too, like when they were doing, because like, because remember the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series and all those pay per views and like you know, the mega powers exploding and that storyline came out of Jim Crockett promotions trying to go to pay-per-view. They, they created survivor series to try to crush Starcade, And then in January, True. when Jim Crockett was doing the bunkhouse brawl, they created the Royal rumble again to try and shut that down. The WrestleMania four tournament, they put up clash of the champions against that. So when WWE is in a battle, like we get, we get the best. Well, and then this is all before the Monday night roars. Yeah, I mean that that we get, we get some good stuff when it's time for a battle. That's true. I mean, listen, that's that's the hope. I'm not going to act, and we can't act like it's happened eight times. But you know, WWE was evolving in the 1980s, and all these ideas were coming. And yes, Survivor Series, for example, was something that they came up with to try to compete. And Pat Patterson came up with the Rumble to shut down WCW again, or Jim Crockett again, and then we have the Monday Night Wars. The Monday Night Wars were essentially over 20 years ago 20 years ago so listen i am hopeful and i do believe that deep down if they get pushed to this level they will bring the heat i'm i'm not willing to go the the step further sgg is that like once this happens then we know that's going to happen to me it is a question of what will happen and we will see what happens that a little bit to rebut that a little bit the monday night wars was over 20 years ago, but even the rise of NXT, WWE saw how hot the indies were and like ROH and New Japan and, and all these little promotions of what they were doing. And WWE created their own indie to where NXT wasn't competing with obviously a major worldwide brand, but NXT was there to compete with the indies and NXT was on fire too. Yeah, like slight, it's slightly di- like that's a, gotta- that's slightly different, but it is obviously more innovation and more good stuff that's happened. I'm not denying yeah. that. Um, absolutely. And speaking of NXT, uh, do we want to jump right into to some of these takes where people are accusing you of burying the NXT championship? And or are we going to start with money and money in the bank and then get to the Monday Night Raw? Well, yeah. I, I let's let, let me just address the 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 big story that I guess came out of Monday. I guess there were two big things that came out of Raw, and then we'll work backwards and talk about SmackDown and Money in the Bank, which were the highlights of the weekend, in my opinion. But carrying cross. The NXT champion shows up on Raw, minus Scarlett, loses to Jeff Hardy in a couple of minutes. Harley, uh, Hardy put his feet on the ropes, cheated essentially to steal the win from Karrion Cross. Cross cut a promo afterwards to Kevin Patrick, saying that was the biggest mistake of Hardy's life. And then at the end of Monday Night Raw, after Charlotte was DQ'd against, was it counted out or DQ'd against Ripley? I think it was a DQ. After after there was a no title switch there and Charlotte retained after winning on, on Sunday, um, Rhea beat up Charlotte and Nikki A.S.H., uh, Nikki Cross, ends up cashing in and winning the Raw Women's Championship. So Twitter was in an uproar, and I guess I went on Twitter. I guess what started is I went on Twitter and just said I thought that was three good shows in a row that I enjoyed SmackDown. I loved SmackDown. I loved Money in the Bank, and I really liked Monday Night Raw. We can and get we can he, get into the Nikki. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how those statements were controversial. Let me just jump in right here. I really don't understand how those statements were controversial. Because well, because people people cannot accept finding a show entertaining without pointing out all the things that they think were just terrible wrestling decisions as they see it in their unfit to even have a wrestling opinion brain. Now, I did not, did I love Nikki cashing in? 
no, I can't say that I loved it. I don't, I don't, I didn't love it. Um, it when I get into the details of it, did I love carrying cross losing to Jeff? No, I didn't really feel much way of about it. It was just a part of the show. I didn't even put that much thought into it. What I was thinking more about, I loved it. What I was thinking more, well, of course you did because you're the world's biggest troll. And once you saw people get upset, you're going to double down and say it was the best wrestling decision ever made. You're going to go no, completely no, the, other, see, the other way. See, P, P, C, no, you're going to go the other way. You're going to go the other way. But let me let me hold, let me let me let me let me just get there. I have there. my own issues with carrying cross, but oh yeah, okay. Well, I have no issues with carrying cross. I I don't really have many thoughts on carrying cross. Period. All I was saying was that I thought Raw was a good, entertaining show. I wasn't trying to say that it was the most perfect show ever executed or everything done was the exact right booking. I was just saying they had three shows in front of live crowds. All three shows were very entertaining. That's all I was saying. Um, then people got you can mad. Say that without agreeing with all the decisions. Of course. Well, because I'm a normal human being who doesn't think about everything like that. But there, the, the, honestly, even less than I want to get into. Like we and I, we can totally discuss both of your opinions because I'm sure you'll both see it differently. The carrying cross of it all. I'm down for that. But let me also just say, here's what here's what needs to be said. Thank you for saying what needs to be said. The fact that people real with me, the fact that people come after people such as myself and Sam and anyone else who makes any money with WWE, the fact that we if we express an opinion, they say you're a shill, you're being paid. That's why you said that. Number one, of course, they don't listen to the podcast. That's good. We don't need you. Number two, just there are a lot of things I don't comment on. If I specifically give comment on liking something, do you think that Michael Cole emails me in the morning and asks me to throw out a tweet that night? Or do you think that maybe I see what I see and say that I like something? But more than that, and this happens in radio all the time, and it happens here too, people who have nothing to possibly risk in their lives because no one gives a damn what they think about anything. Think that your opinion is only valid if you're willing to throw your professional uh, uh, your professional opportunities away to give that opinion. That is the only opinion worthwhile. If, if Peter Rosenberg, if you have anything to say that's worthwhile, you'll say something that spits in the face of a place that you love and work at. If you don't do that, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Meanwhile, the people who say this have never done a brave thing in their life. We have kept this podcast going through every iteration of me working at WWE, no longer working at WWE, back working at WWE. We opened now with 15 minutes of AEW news, okay? We have done this consistently the entire time. And yet, the second I give an opinion to say, I don't think it matters that Karrion Cross loses to Jeff Hardy, my opinions are paid for. I'm a sh- it's absurd. And furthermore, I acknowledge on this show that I don't know anything. When it comes to booking and and really understanding what to see in talent, we don't know anything. When I go to WWE shows, I'm a sponge. I just sit there and listen to people who know a lot more. And half the time they say things, I'll be like, oh my God, I, I don't think that at all. I, I never even saw it that way. Wow. And then they'll explain it. And I'll be like, wow. Oh, I don't even understand storytelling in the way that you guys do. Because this is truly your life. And you truly learned under the learning tree. By the way, not Vince McMahon's learning tree. They learned under a variety of wrestling minds from all over the world, wherever they trained. And they understand it in a totally different way than we do. So when you, yo-yo, with no job, who maybe blogs to the 3,000 people who follow you, think that you know in your mind for sure what the right booking decision was in wrestling. Just know the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that you're obsessed with, that all of your friends think of you for, they think you're so knowledgeable, you know nothing. You literally couldn't have a conversation with a grip at WWE. 
and you are sitting there espousing these views to the world like you know it all. The only thing that makes me better than you, besides the fact that I'm a champion, a decorated champion who deserves respect, besides that, the only thing that makes me better- Future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. Thank you, SGG. The only thing that makes me better is that I at least know that I don't know anything and it's just an opinion. For you guys to think that you know it all, that's the part that's crazy. Maybe you'll be right. Maybe Karrion Cross will be destroyed because he lost to a former champion and future Hall of Famer who had to cheat to win, mind you. Maybe that loss will <laughs> right. ruin Karrion right. Cross. My prediction is it won't. And before you get on your high horse about how WWE buries all things NXT, do you want to take a look around at the WWE landscape right now? Do you want to talk about who the champions are? Do you want to talk about everyone on top in WWE? Because they're 90% NXT. And yes. the, the, best, the best thing, and I'll, I'll leave it here. I, I read a thing that said... <laughs> Karrion Cross reportedly in good spirits backstage after losing. He didn't get a, 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 an illness diagnosis. He didn't find out that a family <laughs> member died. He lost a match. He's a professional On a wrestler. On, you think there was a chance that he was walking around backstage not thinking about the fact that he debuted on Raw, but going, I can't believe my winning streak's over, man. That's what you would do. You're not he, a professional. Mind you, he knew he was going to lose. <gasps> he knew he was yeah. going to lose before the show started. Ear Muffet, Ear Muffet for Dip. Ear Muffet for Dip. I'm sorry, Dip. I'm sorry. But when I read but headlines yes. like that, it really puts into perspective how crazy the internet is that they actually had to have a headline saying he was in good spirits. Like, do people think that after the match on the kickoff show, Rey Mysterio and Dominic were backstage crying their eyes out, hugging each other and being like, I can't believe we dropped the titles tonight. What I thought maybe that was happening, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> All right, now, SGG, what's your issue with Karrion Cross? So before I get to that, I'm going to just mention something that you mentioned about looking at the landscape of WWE. Even with, you know, this narrative of Vince McMahon burying NXT is, is a false narrative. Not if, not if you just look at the landscape and see how far some NXT talent has come in WWE. But even on the past two weeks in SmackDown, Shotzi and Knox come up from NXT and beat the women's tag team champions. Not once, but twice. Yeah, the second, the second time, I didn't even understand why they had another match with, without the title being on the line. But keep going. Same, same. So that's <laughs> not even, there's no burial. And then when they put the brands head-to-head, -head, NXT versus SmackDown and Raw, NXT won that. Shayna Baszler beat a red-hot Becky Lynch and Bailey. Like, Roderick Strong beat AJ Styles and Nakamura. NXT is fine. Vince McMahon is not burying NXT. And my, my issue with Cross and why I loved the decision with Jeff Hardy beating Cross the way he did is that in NXT, Karrion Cross is not working. He's not connecting with me, and I don't think he's connecting with the majority of the fans just based on the crowd reaction and uh, the reception that he's getting online. So to do the same thing on, that they're doing in NXT on the main roster is just a mistake waiting to happen. If it's not working there, you got to switch it up. And so by them bringing him in, and having Jeff Hardy win the way he did lights a fire under him. And hopefully we get a new carrying cross or something that the fans can actually sink their teeth into because this dominant monster times up for everybody. I'm going to run through the roster deal is just not working. It's not working at all. So they have to switch it up. And this is just a way to do it because what they're doing in NXT is 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 dead in the water a dip do you agree with that do you think carrying cross is not working in nxt uh, yeah i mean i think i agree with that okay i mean i'm not watching nxt every week but i ha I, I do know what i'm talking about as far as what's going on and i feel like the reason why if i had to describe it <laughs> i feel like the reason why he's not working because you know i love a macabre character and like an evil you know yeah character that's like my favorite type of character but so I was really excited to see that that's what he was going to be. But there's two issues. The entrance is great, but his physique 
is not that great. His body, he's a big dude, but he still has a like that slight tinge of dad bod that sort of makes him a lot less intimidating. Whereas if he had huge shoulders and like a massive like six pack and huge pecs and he was like an intimidating physical person, he would be more over. And I also think that his voice does not match the, the, the menacing tone in which he enters the ring. Mm. Agreed. When he cuts a promo, it doesn't, quite, it doesn't hit different. It doesn't hit different. It hits the same. No. So as a result, I don't personally... It doesn't hit at all. I don't think that people would pay raccoons to see him continue to win NXT matches. So I, it, it, the whole thing sort of blew my mind that they would have him lose or whatever. But what it proves to me is that they have given up on Karrion Cross in NXT. I still need somebody to explain to me why he didn't come out with Charlotte Scarlet. or uh, Scarlett. 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 And why he didn't, like, I, I still need someone to explain to me, like, exactly why they did what they did. But. You want me to have someone they, call you? They may, yeah. They may debut him, like, mid-Cardi Jobert status in 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 WWE, maybe I'm completely off and all of a sudden he's going to go back to NXT and get dogged for losing to Jeff Hardy, like you and I had talked about or whatever. But um, I think it's grand opening, grand closing for, for Karrion Cross. Although I thought that they, for a moment, I, I, you know, I thought that they were really, really high on him. And by the way, we could be totally off base. He could be WWE champion next year. But of of course, uh, of course, we could be completely uh, completely off. And I don't have a, and I don't have any opinion on where he sits in NXT. All I know is that when you show up to Raw or SmackDown, what your character is doing on NXT is not terribly consequential. Right. And 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 they and by the way, that's yeah. not the that's not a rule that I'm making. And not only that, it's not only not a rule that I'm making. It's not anything that I've ever been told. The only way I know this is because I watch. Yeah. If you watch, they tell you over and over again that we don't care about what's been done in NXT at the moment that someone debuts. It's going to be different. How many right. times? These are like Yankee fans who... It's wrong, who, though. It can be wrong. It can, you can see it as wrong if you want. That's totally fine. I have, I, no, I have no problem with people thinking it's stupid, but it's like calling, calling up and asking why Aaron Judge doesn't bunt. That's just not how the game's being played. So you can scream at the sun all day long. It doesn't matter. Because, like, you, you talk... Okay. Like... You know, people talk about, I, I can't believe Johnny Gargano is still there. I can't believe Tommaso Champ is still there. I can't believe Adam Cole is still there. Any of them tomorrow could be the one to have an open challenge Roman Reigns match and have a, burn, a barn burner or beat him and all of a sudden become another humongous star. I always felt that way about Johnny Gargano. I don't care how tall he is. He's a great wrestler. And I always felt that way about Adam Cole. You bring Adam Cole, you, you could have brought... Um, the faction up tomorrow and have them do whatever and destroy Roman Reigns. And even though they're all tiny guys, whatever it is, be the, you know, destroy the Usos and Roman Reigns tomorrow and have them all come up and be big stars. Maybe, 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 but here, but maybe. I think that's, that would but happen. Here, someone, someone it's said this, the right way. someone said this to me the other day though. And I think it's important for people to remember. I was talking about someone, I don't remember who, and uh, someone asked about, you know, if they were over or whatever. And I said, well, they're over in NXT. And the response was, everyone's over in NXT. Totally. And that's, awesome. and that's not, and that's the thing. Not everyone because their current champion is well, not, but, but what I, what, what, what I mean, what I mean is though he, and whether he's over at this moment or not, he's been over, right? Like everyone gets over it for an NXT. It's a smaller, super dedicated fan base. It doesn't mean so that idea that the, the you know that um no way Jose was over in NXT. Do you want to, we we can go over this list <laughs> yeah. if you want. We've done it on this podcast. We've done Adam it Rose. on this. We've done it on this Adam, podcast. Adam Rose. A lot of people were over at NXT, and the NXT fans were all like, "Oh my god, this person's a superstar." They can't all be superstars. The the ones who are meant to cut through cut through, and then in fact, some that didn't even cut through the same way in NXT. They get the light in WWE. Like, would anyone have predicted, and not that I think he's been used completely the right way, 
But would anyone have predicted that Elias would be an act that would last year after nope. year? So you don't know. But like, I just, the screaming because of, a, that's a, the one loss meaning everything. What you're showing is you're just a fanboy or girl who can't stand someone you root for losing because him losing to Hardy who cheated yeah. does not instantly ruin what he's been on NXT. Why? And in fact, it could, it could give him a story, you know, and someone, um, some, one of the a-holes who was talking trash about me in, in the, the hundreds of tweets that I got back to this very innocuous tweet, in my opinion, that said, oh, and you know, uh, when he beats Hardy, he'll beat Hardy back in two minutes next week. Next week, and Rosenberg will say, "Look, see, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, That's exactly what I'll do." <laughs> That's how story development works. You see something, and you say, "Hmm, this is interesting," and then you see something else, and then you update your stance. Duh. Let's just hope it goes somewhere. Honestly, like we could say whatever we want on this podcast. Let's just hope that they don't just drop it, put, have them go to NXT and just like. Well, yeah. There. And by yeah. the way, then then people have a right to totally scream and throw a fit if they if that's what they want to do with their time. If next, excuse me, if next week or the following, we never hear the name carrying cross on Raw again, then go at it. But if next week they have a match and Hardy steals another one. And then the week after that, they cut a promo. And then before you know it, they're on one of the early matches at SummerSlam. Do you think that is bad for Karrion Cross? Is it? Would it be bad for him to be on the oh, SummerSlam card? I mean, of course he's being buried because he's in the show opener. He should be at least towards the main event. So it's, he, of course it's, he's it's, being buried. It's just it's it's just silly and frustrating and. Seriously, y'all need to pause for a second and realize how little you know. Like, I, I I, done that. Dip's done that. He took his medicine. You you have one conversation with someone. You're like, oh, man, really? I studied this stuff a lot. I don't understand it all. Y'all don't understand it all. And then on top of that, the fact that you just panic in one moment about wins and losses. Yes, of course, wins. And then people responded, so wins and losses don't matter at all? No, wins and losses matter. There's a reason you have a winner and a loser. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me complain about wins and losses a million times. But not every win or loss is created equal. He didn't he didn't job to Jeff Hardy in two minutes in the middle of the ring. They, act, they cheated, act like, like you said. They act like he came out, Jeff punched him three times, um, hit a twist of fate, a swanton, pinned him, and walked out. That's not what happened. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, anyway, I, I have to go in a minute, but I just wanted to give you a two-second like take on on the Nikki Cross thing. My please, guess go ahead. is that the powers that be hate the Money in the Bank briefcase and are over it and don't give an ish about it. And so Nikki Cross won because and she's going to lose it next week. That's my that's my take. I don't think they really care about it. They wanted it off of somebody whoever had it. But they Someone just had. put it on her the night before. I know, but I just don't I think that they like got rid of it quick. They like gave her the win just to be nice. I I just I don't know, man. That's how I feel. You and don't I, you don't see Nikki you think they ASH gave her the win to be nice. And I, and I, I honestly I, I as, as much as you can say that I hope this is wrong because I love him and we all do like from the bottom of our hearts. I don't think that the big E money in the, I don't think him carrying around the briefcase and cashing in is going to result in him winning. Well, how can you know that? We have no idea what's going to happen over time. Speculation. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, listen, you're <laughs> entitled to your, your, the, 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 I, I, yeah. the biggest, the biggest hindrance would be it's hard. Well, first of all, it's obviously not happening anytime soon on SmackDown. As, I don't see him beating Roman Reigns. I only see him beating Bobby Lashley. If, if he were to cash in or if somebody were to take the title from Lashley, it's not going to be Goldberg. So you have a year to cash it in. I don't see Big E winning the title for like and be, having a long run in 2020 in this fiscal year. That, that is I, I, mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. You, it, I hope you, I'm wrong. You're 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 almost as bad as the people speculating on carrying cross. There's I'm not speculating. I'm just way too early. No, no, but it's just you have <laughs> no idea. Yeah, OK, so at this very moment. The character that Big E has been recently, I agree. He That guy, as of two weeks ago, was not beating Roman Reigns to become champion. I agree 100%. I hope this changes his character and catapults him to the top. You know how we feel, all feel about Big E. But 
But the, yeah, just, it's it's an it's not that I think it's a wrong point. It's that I almost think it's an irrelevant point because we're so far from knowing what's going to happen with him. He, he in I fact, he can't do anything until Roman Reigns is busy with John Cena through WrestleMania through SummerSlam. So we have to now see what happens with, you know, and I don't and I don't see him. There is there are rumors about Big E coming over to Raw, and maybe doing something with Lashley. I I don't know that I see him. Cool. I don't like to see. Also, and people were upset about people were upset about Keith Lee too. You thought Keith Lee was supposed to beat Bobby Lashley, or or nah. or or don't bring him back. You think he's better off not coming back at all because when he comes back, they're going to make him to be this superstar. He's going to be like the he's going to also be because right now you have Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns completely running roughshod over WWE. You think Keith Lee's coming back to do the same thing also? All right, Dip. I know you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Good All night. right, night. Same, good age. same age. Like I, I, I don't again and again with Keith Lee too. When are people going to learn from what they've watched about what's likely to happen? Like you, you guys, yeah. you guys are all big enough wrestling fans. You read the blogs, you read the the information that's out there about what people have said about Keith Lee, and then he comes back and loses, um, relatively quickly. But to a guy who's not only champion but coming off the most dominant performance of his title reign, oh, <sighs> man, almost want to say R.I.P. to Kofi after that one. That was that's what you got to do. That was that was what to do. It was brutal. That was what you had to do to make that match really worthwhile for Bobby Lashley. You know, if they're trying to establish that Lashley has taken it to this next level where he's gotten serious, he screamed on MVP. Don't you have to have him have like a? And they told a story. I like that they told a story in that match, you know? It wasn't just like an all of a sudden, Kofi's able to compete with Lashley. How? How? He can't yeah, compete with Lashley right now. No way. God bless him. He's an all-time great. I thought and he would be able to. In the right moment, in the right moment, he could, but that moment isn't now. Now, no. um, no. Natalie and I did go to SmackDown on Friday, SGG, um, and it was absolutely electric in there it, it was it. Psh, man it was a lot of fun it looked it and i gotta tell you I'll, I'll just i'll just tell you the two little sleeper things from behind the scenes or, or not even behind the scenes from just being there number one how dialed in roman reigns is as a a, a performer in front of the crowd yo sgg there wasn't a little kid who could say roman sucks under his breath without roman turning around and screaming at him <laughs> and that's the way it should be like if, if we if we if we speculated remember at the beginning about are they ever going to make him a full-on bad guy are we going to see him be really he is a bad guy like he is screaming at every kid <laughs> it was awesome and then the other thing that was awesome i saw was that night at the hotel edge got edge who's coming off i mean you have to imagine that pop that he got in that great opening segment of smackdown last week it's nights like that that he came back for. That that's why he's here. Yeah. And I just he saw said him it too. He said it. He was mobbed by people in the hotel and he took his time with every single person. I mean, he was just posted up with people. Like other people were gone moving about their night, going out to do things whatever. Edge was staying in the hotel and he was just happy to take pictures and sign autographs for every single person. He just seemed like a guy who was soaking up every bit of coming back for this and that opening segment man for a first segment back on tv after 70 weeks i thought they crushed it i thought that was the absolute perfect way to come back yeah i agree and like you said too man just after coming back after 70 weeks these were the perfect three shows like they hit a they hit a trifecta if you ask me I know the internet doesn't agree with with you, but I agree with you on that. That Raw SmackDown. Now I do think in order. Was- I do think in order. Raw was last of the three, um, but I still thought it was super entertaining. Now SGG has- yeah agreed. We got they got a cash in. We got a cash in. We got you know Keith Lee's surprise return. We talked about how they can't do surprises. Keith Lee did pop up randomly. We knew Goldberg was coming, so his return was allowed to be a surprise because of the Keith Lee swerve. Right. You know what I mean? So what what is there to complain about? As for our picks, SGG. Um yes. I had Congratulations. I will I gotta congratulate you. Now, but I did not 
You made up a lot of points on me because you had Big E for six. I had Big E for one. And I had TBD for five, and you had TBD for one. (laughs) So TBD was Tamina. They announced, I think it was really unfair. It was unfair. After they heard that we chose TBD, it was was just not right. But um, you had the Viking Raiders. I had AJ and Omos. Yes. Um, You had the vision. I had the vision. We both had Roman. We both had Charlotte. You had Kofi. I had Lashley. We both had TBD. We both had Big E. There was only a couple of differences. It was really just just about the point allocation. But after one... Yeah, two points. You won. After one round, I'm up 16-14. Um, because I really... That TBD... How could I, I should have been more confident in Big E and less in TBD. That was bad point allocation. Yeah, and I, I got to apologize to you because just seeing the way Kofi got destroyed i just i just have to think that somebody saw my picks and tried to sabotage because the only ones i got were the ones we shared it's a great point charlotte it's a great point and roman um now when you when you said speaking of that too when you said oh oh, where are you going um, because when you said speaking of apologize oh uh, the everyone is waiting for your contortion about how the fans being back just wasn't that great or that different or that special go ahead I never I'm you these are words that you put in my mouth. This is all part of the contortion. If we go if we go back to my original statement, I said I would keep Thunderdome for TV, fans per, for pay-per-view, apples and oranges. P, you're a wealthy man. But you're you, a man of means. Let me put let me you, put it into terms that that somebody like you could understand. You have a a beautiful luxurious home on the upper Upper West Side of New York City. Damn right I do. If you bought a house in the suburbs to enjoy from time to time, how ridiculous would someone sound if they say, well, what? You don't like living in the city? You don't like being able to go out any hour of the day to get what you want? You don't like the nightlife of the city? You have to go to the suburbs? If you said, well, sometimes I like to be over to the suburbs to enjoy some peace and quiet. Sometimes I like to enjoy the hustle and bustle of the city. I like to have both. People would sound ridiculous if you, after expressing that you like both, needed to be in the city to have any opinion, any worth, any value over the suburbs or vice versa. What? And that's how I'm viewing this Thunderdome is... and the crowd. I like my city house. I got my suburbs house. The th- now the, the Thunderdome is gone, so this is really just a moot argument. But to think that people can't enjoy both is absurd. And no, 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 no. It's crowd, to say it's to say that the crowd makes it much better, much better. SmackDown was better, man. You know it was better. It was better. SmackDown. SmackDown was great. It was it was probably the best SmackDown of 2020. And do you think that's and, and and you're thinking that's not because there was a crowd, but why? Because they played to the crowd, or do you think the fact that having well, a crowd mean, react helps? If it, come if on, man. A crowd, they have to play to the. If there's a crowd, they have to play to the crowd, and that just shows you how good they are. Because they, you know, with the Thunderdome, they're not playing to a crowd. And I think, like you said, you pointed this out many times throughout the Thunderdome era that the performance was lacking and missing something. Even Roman Reigns, him being able to actually yell at the crowd versus Come on, man. Ish in the ring. A one one superstar who remained nameless, I said, how was it out there tonight? What did it feel like? And he said, it was emotionally orgasmic, I believe was the quote. Another one talked about how it was the equivalent of, uh, of being locked up, you know, like a, a, an addict who was not able to get to <laughs> drugs. And then you got free and someone was like, here you go, take your first hit. That's what it was like getting that hit of adrenaline. Um, I talked to a bunch of them. That was my number one question was, how does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? By the way, shouts to Liv Morgan who had to feel great when she got that huge you deserve it chant on mm-hmm. Friday night. One of those moments that must be really satisfying because they've been sort of building her character to be like the lovable underdog. And it worked because when you're doing it with no crowd, you don't know how people are going to react and, and people reacted well. One interesting thing that stood out to me is no matter no matter what is going on with her at any given time, 
and how big her storyline is. The live crowd loves Naomi. She gets a pop from the live crowd every single time. And it was also a real treat to see just how great Bianca is going to be on the road. Like, she is such a crowd pleaser. Like, kids love her so much. She is like this perfect mix of lovable, kid-friendly, and also so, like, strong and physically impressive and and has, like, a character that has swag. Like, she, she Bianca is the perfect live show performer um, for WWE. So I'm very excited for, for Bianca. And they're in Miami tomorrow, right? They're rolling loud. That's right. Oh, and I and I and I should mention to everyone, to all of our Cheap Heat Universe, I'm co-hosting Talking Smack this week too. For 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 my birthday, I'm I'm co-hosting Talking Smack. That's right. Going to lovely Stamford, Connecticut on my birthday. So I hope everyone wakes up on Saturday morning and tunes in to to Talking Smack. Um, So yeah, because there's a lot to break down on this week's episode of SmackDown. You have John Cena appearing. Uh, you have the Rolling Loud matches, which include Bianca Belair, and I think Big E is also uh, appearing there. Now, yep. so we'd be remiss. We talked about SmackDown being great. Money in the Bank, by the way. Shouts to Rhea and Charlotte, who were fantastic. Shouts to the Usos um, and uh, the that kickoff show title match between Ray and Dominic and the Usos was terrific. Um, really just a solid card through and through. But then Monday, uh, at the end of Money in the Bank, I should say, I thought Roman and Edge were fantastic. I I loved, I loved how at the end of the match they sort of seamlessly took us from like wrapping up Edge and Roman, starting off Edge and Seth, and then pairing off Roman with a returning John Cena, and. You know, the the pop for Cena's return was... I mean, was it the best pop Cena's ever gotten? I, I think it was better than the Royal Rumble return. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to watch the video and see, man. The, the crowd size is comparable, and it really seems like they do do everything bigger in Texas, and that that Money in the Bank pop that he got was bigger than the MSG uh, Rumble return pop. Well, the, the, the MSG Rumble return pop, if you listen closely there were still some of the boos that John Cena always got during that time. Well, this is what happened, though. This is what happened. Like, his music hits, everybody cheers, then they realize what they're cheering for, and then the boos come in behind it. The Money in the Bank was just sustained It was sustained cheers, cheers. yeah. For the whole time. Um, I, Can I nitpick two things about Cena's return, which I generally really enjoyed? Cool. Go ahead. Two things I'd like to nitpick. Number one, I feel like he got a little bit caught up in the moment and he treated Roman Reigns like he wasn't even there. He even jokingly said, oh, I forgot you were there. But you can't really forget that the head of the table is there. Don't, don't ever forget yeah. that the head of ta- the table is there. Like, never, don't, don't, never in life. It was a little too playful is what I'm saying. Like, and then when he tried to start stepping towards him, he did like those like silly big steps towards him. I just thought it was a little too silly. Because you have Roman Reigns in the room, in the ring, and his character is not silly. So I, I just, I didn't love that. And I know that we talked about this years ago, and I'm pretty sure he has an endorsement deal. But the level of John Cena, what are those sneakers, is out of control. Like, I need that man in Jordans again. I don't care how much you're getting paid. He's wearing the worst dad shoes of all time. I don't even look at his feed anymore. I don't. I don't even bother. Oh my lord! I, I didn't see what it was. <laughs> they they're like blank. I'm gonna go back and look just because you said something. <laughs> they're like blank sneakers. It's it's. I mean, listen. He obviously made the commitment. He's he's never updating the character. Like the the physical appearance of the character is not updating. It's jorts and it's the colorful shirts and that's that. You know, um, I would love if somehow they did some mild tweaks to his character over the next five weeks, and maybe we saw a little bit of growth. So John Cena, the, the John Cena that we were to see maybe for this summer and whenever he returns again, has a, has some a, a different level to it. I think they could use that. But listen, it obviously worked great. People were super excited. Um, I guess, SGG, my concern is, though, if it's the exact same John Cena we've always gotten, and they've already announced his Summer of Cena tour, and he's going to be at, what, like six, 
eight shows, something like that. Yeah. Um, it is eight. You just, I just don't want it to follow the exact same, exact same style as when he came back with rock. You know what I mean? And it's like the, it's John Cena's appearing. So the show starts music hits. Here comes John Cena. In fact, I didn't like that. They opened raw with Cena on Monday. I would have saved Cena for nine o'clock. I didn't like, I didn't like that either. I, I thought like it, it was, was too, it was Monday too Night raw at all. Oh, that that's fine too. They could have saved him for SmackDown, but if they were going to go back to back because they're in the same city and he's there and it works, I thought I would have not announced it and I would have tried to get another surprise pop. I would have done it again at nine o'clock or, <laughs> yeah. or announce the time he's going to appear and promote the hell out of it. But doing it right at the top of the show to me, SGG, it felt, it felt incredibly obvious in that moment. Because it was the yeah. last moment of the pay-per-view on Sunday, and that moment was amazing, and it's like, let's just go right back to it. I would have given it, like, one hour, though I did enjoy his silly moment with him and, and Matt Riddle. I thought that was good. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And it's it's just another big endorsement for Riddle, also former NXT talent that's not being buried. But, you know, whatever. It doesn't fit the narrative. So we'll Oh, Riddle, the guy who's getting a, a, a huge push right now? Right, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy. Yeah, but the problem is that the, the problem is look at the people in power positions. I mean, who's the um, Raw Women's Champion? You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Nikki Former NXT. Nikki Cross. Well, okay, well, who fine. Who did she beat for it though? Who did she beat for it? Because you know that that means something. Who well, did Nikki Ash beat for the championship? Well, maybe maybe the most decorated, one of the most decorated NXT Women's Champions, actually Charlotte. Right. Oh yeah, two times. Two time. well, okay, okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Charlotte. So, what about SmackDown? What about what about SmackDown? No, let's go to SmackDown. What about SmackDown? Who's who's women's champion? You know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Bianca, Bianca Belair. Okay, Bianca fine, Belair. but wh- who did she take the title? Well, who from? did she? Who did she take it? Oh, oh, oh that's right, Sasha Banks, another another rated. Uh, well, okay, champion. okay, but yeah, but but the last pay per view when Bianca defended her title, who was that against though? Was that that was Bailey? Yeah, another huh. another NXT Women's Champion. Got it. Um, but hold on, what, what, forget about these championships. What about the what about that Money in the Bank briefcase? What about that? Well, it's Big that, E. That it's has big to e. settle it. It's Big E. I think he's the first. Oh, right, I think he was right. the first NXT the, champion. The second, the second NXT champion. Sorry, second, NXT, second champion. NXT champion. Who was first? Seth Rollins. Seth. Okay. Um, Who's also in the Money in the Bank match? All right, all right. With but, Nakamura, another NXT champion. Yeah, also but, okay. in the Money in the Bank match with Kevin Owens. Who's the but also who, the money in bank back. Who's the um who's the universal champion though? That's a that's the biggest title. Oh, that's right. And oh. NXT alum Roman Reigns. Oh. Okay, okay. But that's it. That's it, the, the, but there's no one else besides those guys, you know? That's it. Those are the only guys. I mean, in the money in the bank match itself, for example, on Sunday, there weren't any other NXT people were there. Oh, you know, just the just the King Nakamura. Okay. Who who took the crown from Baron Corbin, uh Kevin Owens. Oh. Seth Rollins. Ricochet. Just, just those guys. Yeah. Riddle. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Where where were they at? I don't know. Anyways, hopefully NXT finds a way to survive and these people just are able to make a living in WWE because, you know, there's barely <laughs> yeah. any of them. I don't see it happening with Vince in charge. It's no way. No, no, it's impossible. Um, let alone, you know, um, the great, the great color commentator for all things Monday Night Raw, you know, Corey Graves. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the great color commentator for SmackDown, <laughs> Pat McAfee. Where did he? Where did he cut his chops in wrestling? Uh, no, it's, this is must be a bizarre world. We know Vince hates NXT. Now listen, obviously we're all this is this is all our opinion and we could absolutely be wrong and we could find out that Vince does hate NXT and this is just to mess with his son-in-law. But the, my my point is not that you can have a different opinion. You absolutely can have different opinions and you have every right to get frustrated by it. But to you know if if I sound defensive, it's cuz I am. All I said was that I thought Jeff Hardy was winning was interesting and people went absolutely insane as if I'm not entitled to have that opinion, as if the opinion is invalid simply because I work at WWE. So there are ups, there are downs. This weekend happened to be an up, through and through. All the way up. I I absolutely enjoyed SmackDown and Money in the Bank and Raw. And 
We have so many emails, SGG, that I did not get to today. Um, so many people, I know a lot of them were about contortion. I think a lot of people were expecting, <laughs> expecting us to fight more this week. But guys, here's what I want to say, and we got to wrap up here, so I don't want to turn this into a whole thing. The, the, what we got from SGG today was the closest we'll ever get to him admitting he was wrong. So don't say anything. Just go with it. He was close. He acknowledged that it was really good. That's it. Let's just take what we got. I'm looking right now at the emails, and I know I keep saying, SGG, my problem with us is I keep saying that we're going to do a full email episode, and I realize now going back to July, it's been like two weeks at least, the only emails we did last time were great guy movie contest. So I do have to do some of these. Maybe we'll link up this weekend, a special birthday edition of, of a mailbag or something. Yeah. That's I, the perfect way to celebrate with the cheap heat universe. You know what, guys? I thank you in advance for all your wonderful well wishes. I'm I'm not SGG. I don't do a, I don't get a full history week because my birthday is not 9-11. But all weekend. <laughs> Peter Palooza. I did. I did have my own concert. That's a fair point. Um, SGG, do me a favor. This running concert series. Well, it was, it's not running currently. It was, though. It was, years. It was like no, six years strong. Oh, something like that. Five, six. Yeah, it was a few. SGG, do me a favor and take it easy this weekend. And stay mage, Pete. Yeah, and keep the uh, sweat towel in your pocket, too. Oh, always. It's always. It's a must. At least till after my birthday. <laughs> Wrestler in the history of the art form.